Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Jay here, along with my right-hand man, Cass, making his return to PWF Empire. How are you doing tonight, Cass? It's called being busy, being an adult. It feels as if you're getting old as the days go by every single week when you're a 90s kid. Yeah. What year were you born? 95. See, you were born like halfway into the decade. I don't know about you like claiming 90. Well, you know what? I'll let you have it. I'm the, If you don't know this about me, I'm very particular about the 90s. And maybe it's because I'm a little defensive because I was technically born in 1989. But I don't look at that as a negative thing. I still count myself as a 90s kid because I shit, me being born in 89 means that I actually lived through every single second of the 90s. But you know, you got cast, people like you coming along, you lived halfway through the decade, don't even remember the first few years and just all jumping. Yeah, at least I got the five. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I I'll let five. you have it. I'm not even going to make a big deal about it. But uh, <laughs> something, be back that I, something that, you know, I want to make a big deal about. What? We're going to WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Yes, this people. This will be your first WrestleMania, right? Yes, it will, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, this will be my second one in a row, actually. My first time going to WrestleMania was last year, but, you know, uh decided to do it again this year. Me and my brothers, Lucas, Cass, Dalton, are going to be heading down to Orlando, Florida in April for WrestleMania. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. When can March 31st get here? Like, 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 seriously, like, I gotta do my best to be like, okay, okay, Cass, um, think about this. Um, you're going to Mania, but yet you still have shit you gotta do in between now and then, so mm-hmm. it's still a long ways away, so it's kind of hard to like keep focused, but yeah, I, I am thrilled. I am excited to see, and people, we're all gonna be meeting each other for the first time, and we're finally gonna be able to determine who gets arrested first. Oh, yeah, we, we already determined that, didn't we agree on Dalton? Oh, yeah, he's, oh, he's oh, the yeah. most likely to be arrested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know with some of the stuff you were talking about. It could be you. I, I don't want to go all into that on air, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah trust me, people. <laughs> okay, so something to look forward to as well. That's not as far away as uh, WrestleMania. It's only just a few days away. It is WWE's Royal Rumble for the year 2017. That is why we are here tonight to discuss. Mm-hmm. That pay-per-view, we're going to preview it, go down the card, match by match, discuss all of that good stuff. This is a very important time in the year for wrestling fans. This is the start Mm -hmm. to the road to WrestleMania, just what we were uh, talking about there. Let me ask you this question. What's your level of confidence in the WWE product at this point? Because... The Royal Rumble is a very important night, and mm-hmm. at the very least, they're going to start forming the structure for WrestleMania. So I'm curious to know from you, like, what are you thinking about the product overall? I, I would say right now they have no idea with what direction that they want to go towards, because honestly, with everything that's been going on, 
And if, if you don't know, the reason why I was gone is just because I had to take a break and I wanted to just keep with my thoughts and for what I've seen over the last month. Like I said, to me, it doesn't, I, I don't think they know what they're doing at this point in time. I mean, we've heard that plans have been changing. We've seen, like, from Raw and SmackDown consistently, like them changing up storylines, them changing up champions on who's going into the world as the champion and who might be going through WrestleMania season as the champion. So for well, an unpredictability. Oh, I was just about to get to that on the whole unpredictability uh, side of it. If it seems as if they don't know what's happening at WrestleMania, maybe that could be looked at at a, you know from a different angle and say that you know yeah. things aren't predictable. So mm-hmm. would that necessarily be a bad thing? No, I would no, no, definitely because it's like it's one of those things. Like as wrestling fans, it's like. We always talk about how things can be predictable on a week-to-week-to-week basis. However, I know we're going to get into it, but this Royal Rumble show that's coming up this Sunday is literally is the first time I've been excited for a Royal Rumble pay-per-view in like the last two years. Because, remember, they've had to change it up quite a bit the last mm-hmm. couple of years, but with again, we're going to talk about it, but it's just like there's just so many stories that they could go with for what happens, specifically what happens this Sunday at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll just go ahead and throw out a little spoiler alert here. I don't have any friggin' idea who's going to actually win the Royal Rumble. You can kind of yeah. get a sense uh, in previous years of the storyline mm-hmm. and how WWE gets behind a certain person, and it gives you some, it gives you some clues as to who's going to win. I'm not really getting that sense this year and another thing to add on top of that i've been pretty detached from wrestling news websites and rumors and things like that i haven't been on a wrestling news site in i don't know how long so i don't even know who's rumored like i know they do betting odds and things like that i have I no idea yeah i have no idea who the hell is in the lead or who's you know i don't i don't know any of that. So this is going to be um, an interesting show. Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and get this uh, thing kicked off. We have a few pre-show matches mm-hmm. for the Royal Rumble. Um, Sasha Banks versus Nia Jackson. Both of these are from Monday Night Raw. And the tag team titles are on the line. Cesaro and Sheamus defending versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And I see the stipulation here is that two referees are going to be assigned to the match. Yeah, okay, well, I asked as far as uh, Sasha Banks uh, versus um, Naomi, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, sorry. See, view this is how long I've been gone. Nia Jax. <laughs> Getting your Sasha minorities versus... mixed up there, man. Yeah, I got the comments right, but that's around the point. <laughs> but Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks, I mean, from what I've seen on Raw, they've kind of, like, done little nitpits of the few. Like, I remember, like, there was, like, one week where uh, Sasha Banks uh, cost Nia Jax the um, – the opportunity to challenge Charlotte. And then there was another week where I thought was very clever where they had, where Sasha Banks was training. Yeah. Like doing some in-ring stuff. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. doing some in-ring stuff and they had Nia Jax attack her. Those are like little subtle things that I like. It's something there. And you don't really see that a lot because why wouldn't somebody that they wouldn't like just attack their injured opponent? They just want to like keep them out of the picture. And I really think this is definitely a unique match. Mm -hmm. As far as the winner, I'm going to go with Nia Jax because even though Sasha Banks definitely, I'd say, hasn't had such a, a pay-per-view win, well, in a long time, Nia, the Nia Jax is the one that they're building up, and, need, and they need to keep consistency 
With that, so yeah, I got Nia Jax. For this one, this is going to be interesting to sit back and watch because this is a different look for Sasha Banks. Um, she's mm-hmm. usually the person that goes into the ring and it's like, you know, I was going to say balls to the wall, but um, I digress. Uh, she's like very high energy and bouncing all over the place. It's going to be interesting to see who Sasha Banks is in this match versus Nia Jax, a person unlike anyone Sasha Banks has ever faced before. So to see how those styles mesh together in the ring, that's going to be the big thing that I'm looking for in this match. And that could be the, well, that's definitely going to be the determining factor in whether this match is a good one or not. Um, You know, just how they mesh together as opponents. I know a lot of folks don't see what I see in Nia Jax, but if you look at the matches that she had with, Bailey, not that first match that she had. With oh yeah, that 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 that, that at London is terrible. Yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like that one. But the, the the latter matches that she had with Bailey and the ones that she had with Asuka, great stuff. So Nia Jax, mm-hmm. she can perform at a high level. Let's see if you know this mm-hmm. is one of those times. And, and real quick, on, another thing about Nia Jax is the is the fact that she's so limited. Like, you can tell that she's very limited to what she mm-hmm. can do because she's just not as athletic of, like, a one of Braun Strowman. But I think I think Sasha Banks is definitely going to be able to get something out of Nia Jax in a good match. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, a lot of people bitch about how it's on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And, it and it like, surprised me when I saw that. But but I it's fine. Like I gotta say, especially since this is like a six hour event, good God almighty. But, mercy. but I think this is good. like I said, it's it's fine, I mean, like it's no big deal. Especially if Sasha Banks still can get like, you know, our payday in, but yeah. Okay, and then we have the other pre show match, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. I have not game. been able to, yeah, I have not been able to comment on the tag team, those raw tag team titles since they were, since they debuted. And let me tell you, those belts are ugly as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I hate them. Like I, I so hate them. And I saw like a, I saw like somebody on Twitter, like put a picture of like the ruthless aggression era titles versus the titles that we have today. Every single one. I'm like, Wow, there is just such a lack of creativity, but that's around the point. But yeah, um, guns and gals, as I like to call, versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, these guys have had singles matches after singles matches after singles matches, and when they had the Raw Tag Team Time Match on Raw, which I completely hated because Gals and Anderson came out looking like the baby faces in that sense, and I was really mad that they didn't win. And now that they're adding two reps here, while it does add intrigue to me, and it's interesting because it does make sense, but to me, this just also screams, we're definitely going to get something funky. Like, don't be surprised if those two referees, one referee gets knocked down, and then when the other ref comes in, but yet the other ref comes back up, and we see a double count. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking we get that, and we don't have any winner. So what's your opinion on the way that uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have been handled? Because there have been a whole hell of a lot of issues with them in WWE. And it it, it got to a point where they tried to correct course after that stupid-ass segment that they had in the ring in WWE. The next week they were like, okay, well, yeah, this is uh – we got to do something about this. We got to change that. But, you know – 
I come back a month after that, and they're still talking about how they're still guys, the same. Yeah, th- how how they're going to change, and they're about their business. And it's like, in, in my mind, I'm like, don't talk about it. Be, be about it. Yeah. So have they been about it? No, they haven't. And uh, like I heard, I, I heard, I was listening to an interview that they had with somebody from another podcast one time. And get this, they they pretty much they're just like they're they're just entertaining the masses because the podcast is about. I see you guys like thinking about like every time I see it, it looks like you're closer to winning the championships and all they they just blew it off like we're just entertaining the masses like we're gonna get like to me that just screams like yeah they don't give a damn and yeah to it's me, like they had their they they, they did the the wrestling stuff in Japan they're just here in WWE and, and that's just, and that just pisses me off so much because. Especially if you're an off air, especially when you're not even on screen, and yet you say that on a podcast, that to me that that you just don't care about your job. And every time I see these guys on the screen, and while I do love them from what I've seen from them when they were with New Japan, it's like this team had so much hype when they came in, and now it's like almost a year in, and it's like what have they done? I mean, nobody wants to get, even though these guys have that Bullet Club stuff behind them eventually nobody's going to want to get behind these guys because they talk all this mess, but all they do is lose all the time, especially since I count this up. This will be, they have had five attempts to get those titles since they've been here. And this will be their six mm. and real quick on the winner. I want to say Gallus and Anderson finally go over because about that smazzy finish because to me that's just way too convenient for that to happen because I'm like yeah like but unfortunately I I think Seamus and Cesar are going to retain. You're about to give him a name there, Seamus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's some Tony stuff right there. Okay, um, shots fire. Oh no, I I like her little squish names that she does. Um, what else do we have here? Hey, did you, you put, hey, did you uh who you got winning this tag match? Uh it, it this is a raw match. You you already know. I, I I'm still on the Underground Railroad. So. I'm I I I'm still on it, but like I keep turning back and then I keep No, you're not on running. the Underground Railroad anymore. You've gone back to the fields, Cass. Hey, it's not, right. <laughs> I mean, I guess I went back on Monday. Well, you live in Arizona, so. <laughs> okay. So, well, let's get the raw stuff. Um, let's keep yeah. going with that trend. Charlotte Flair versus Bailey. This is a singles match for the WWE Raw mm-hmm. Women's Championship. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. Okay. This was the first episode of Raw that I watched in a while. A and, full episode? Yeah. Well, okay. actually, I watched um a few weeks ago. Two. So I've only seen like two episodes of Raw in the last okay. four, four months. But, you know, with that being said, I haven't seen anything from this feud between Charlotte and yeah. Bates other than those uh, two sit down interviews that they did with Corey that's, Graves. Now, I watched that and I was like, those are some damn good interviews. And I love the character. Of Charlotte, the attitude that she had in that 
interview, and I'll get to how much I loved it a little later uh, and put it into a different context. But, yeah, the attitude that she displayed in there, it was great. I loved Bailey's sit-down interview as well, and I love the positioning of both characters and the narrative of this view that this is someone who was born into the business. This is someone who has a destiny to be a champion versus someone who is a fan turned wrestler. I think that the narrative is great, but from what I was hearing from people who responded to me on Twitter, when I said that they were saying that the execution hasn't been that good. And I was yeah. like, that's disappointing. Yeah, it, re- it really hasn't like those sit down interviews were pretty much the only thing you need to see from the build for this view because what they've tried to do all the last couple of weeks has just either been awkward and I don't know if that's by design or they've just haven't been that good. Like I remember like one week they tried to like do like Charlotte tried to like show um stuff that Bailey like had written like as she was growing up being a WWE fan and showing people the photos that Bailey took with like John Cena and the and RVD and the rest of them. Like really trying to play up the fact that Bailey is not on Charlotte's level and to me for a person who actually saw and i know again we know like there's a dis- there's a disconnect between nxt and the main roster but it's kind of mm-hmm. sucks it kind of sucks seeing this because it's just like now we're literally starting bailey from the ground up all over again but i can tell but i can tell you one thing though it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because to me if you're a hardcore wrestling fan you might not think the bill was all that good but if what wwe was trying to do is like target like young kids and mm-hmm. they probably thought this bill was great and they're looking forward to it. See, I actually believe that they needed to start Bailey from the ground up because I didn't like how they brought her in. They brought her in as if she was this big star and she was yeah, that's a cool basically, one. basically going straight for Charlotte. Now I understand that. Yes, Bailey is a big star, but her character is unique in a sense that there are certain elements that need to stay with her, that they need to continue pushing that. And to have her beat Charlotte early on in her you know, career up on the main roster, I didn't like what they were doing right there. So I'm, I'm glad that they have taken a step back. And like I said, I can't comment too much on the execution of it because I haven't been there to witness all of it, mm-hmm. but... At the very least, I'm glad to see that, you know, at least they realized that we had to do something a little bit different with Bailey. Now, yeah, yeah, and the thing is, it's just like we know Sean and Bailey are not that good. They're not the best mic workers, mm-hmm. especially when, like, if you actually go back and you see some of the stuff that they were doing live on Raw, it's definitely not that good. So, sit down interviews, like, now at that times we've seen these sit down interviews, they, they're just calm. They're pre-recorded, like they're taped, and you can like do a redo over and over again. So, uh, it, and I'm glad they don't like do that every, for every single feud. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I'm glad they like they pull that rabbit out of their hat, like when it's like a special time. But yeah, um, this match, I don't see Bailey winning. Oh, it's definitely because, gonna be Charlotte. Yeah, because it, it yeah it'd be way it, it'd be way too soon to put the belt on Bailey, and plus. There's just not to me. There's just not enough sympathy for Bailey from the mm-hmm. audience enough, so that way when Bailey finally wins the championship, it definitely means so much more. And I know I'm trying not to go too far ahead, but I wouldn't be surprised if she won it at Mania in mm-hmm. some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, that could be a big moment there. Big baby face win for Bailey at the grand stage for them all. 
So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Clay finisher. Is he a Clay finisher? Um, well, to continue pushing Bailey as kind of like an underdog, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get one. Yeah, like like this like like like, like this car is just so good. It, it'd be almost shockingly if we saw a Smazzy finish in any one of these matches. Okay, what else do we have here? Rich Swan versus Neville, singles match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Neville's a great deal. Oh my God, I love the character of Neville. He is just about my favorite character in WWE right now. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say you've been watching 205 Live. I have only been watching the stuff that he's done on Raw, not 205 Live. And it's crazy that you say that Neville is a good heel and you haven't even been seeing 205 Live. Because if you think he's a good heel just based off of what you saw on Monday Night Raw, Mm -hmm. man, I'm telling you. And let me just send this message out to everyone who is listening right now. I haven't had the opportunity to rave about 205 Live on a show yet. Do not look at Monday Night Raw and judge 205 Live based off of the fuckery that the cruiserweight division was. When it comes to 205 Live, that is at least WWE's second best show, right behind SmackDown. I would rank it, of course, above Monday Night Raw, and I would rank it above NXT as well. That show is a yeah, That show is a perfectly structured show. Now, realize when I say it's a perfectly structured show, it does not mean that the show is perfect. It does not mean that every single mm-hmm. thing that's on there is amazing. I just mean the structure in a sense that, but you the know, problem. like the, this match gets this amount of time, then you have promos here and there, and then you have character building segments, and then you have just stuff that is unique to people on the roster like they give you an opportunity to find out who these people are that in turn makes you care more when they're in the ring i just think that they do a really good job with the booking of that show and i'll just say give it a chance it's going to be difficult because of what we've seen of the cruiserweight division from the time that they debuted on smackdown to you know shit probably or not not smackdown uh raw but yeah, just give the show a chance. Give you know, a it's, chance. A, it's a good you, show. Yeah, you all know it's ironic. I would I would actually compare it 205 Live to pretty much SmackDown in a sense. Because if you think about it, like, what we see on Raw, cruise, the Cruiserweights are on Raw. And everybody watches Raw. And Raw's definitely not that good of a show. But when you have 205 Live after SmackDown, and, people be, and you're saying that it's a good show... In people's minds, that just brings the stigma to what SmackDown is to Raw, the B show. It, like it's a good show that it's a show that's had good qualities, good stuff on it, but because it's such a lesser tier of mm-hmm. all the branches that WWE has with these shows, it just gets the like the bad factor. And honestly, another issue with it is because the fact that it's after fucking SmackDown. Yeah, that, that Which, that's a real and issue. And I will say this: put talking smack on after SmackDown. Find somewhere else for the Cruiserweight uh, show, 205 Live. Honestly, I wish that they would have their own dedicated audience. I don't even like the fact that they have the audience of SmackDown because I was was watching 
uh, 205 Live, what was it, yesterday, I saw <laughs> this great match between Cedric Alexander and um, and Neville. And you can tell the audience was bored. Yeah. They didn't give a damn because they did not come there to see Neville. And it's and not their Alexander. fault, really. Yeah, they don't they don't give a shit about the cruiserweights. But, but it's not their fault, really. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily blaming them. I'm just saying that WWE should find something mm-hmm. to do with the cruiserweights in a sense where they're not the leftovers, where they're not because I think the product is good enough to stand on its own. Now I'm sure that there are business reasons as to why they have it after SmackDown and all of that, but I just wish that we existed in a situation where, you know, because NXT, they have their own dedicated audience. When you go yeah. to an NXT show, you know you're going there to see those people on that roster. Absolutely. I just wish that uh, 205 Live could have that same thing. Uh, well, for me, like when it comes to 205 Live, like I've only watched one episode, and that was the premiere episode where Rich Swan won the title. That, that was the was- only one I watched. I wouldn't even say that's an accurate, uh, yeah, I, like uh, picture of what the show is because well, even that it was just starting. Rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Like again, it's just starting. Like two or five lot. Like it's a, it's still a new thing. Like we're, we're like a good like what like two and a half months in this two or five lot. And it's still a very new show. But it's just the reason why I can't watch it is just because. My life doesn't revolve always around wrestling. It really I, doesn't. Yeah, and I, I I know. Trust me, I had to give up some stuff, but um, yeah. But like, like this, I haven't watched NXT in a while. I kind of dropped NXT for the cruiser uh, cruiserweights, but um, I got to get back into NXT though. But yeah, for Rich Swan and Neville, Neville got to, to win this match. Yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's never got to win because honestly, it, it's one of those things like where and they've been they haven't been able to do this a lot. Like when someone turns heel, they, there needs to be a purpose. There always has to be a purpose when somebody turns heel. Neville has given us that purpose over the last um for a good while now. For and for him not to lose, I mean, for him to not win the cruiserweight uh, championship this Sunday, it would be a disservice to definitely him. And his mm-hmm. character, and honestly, it definitely would be worse if he lost clean because that definitely would that that would just kill all of his momentum. Like nobody will actually be able to take him seriously. He just end up like any other heel. But yes, I'm going with Neville for the win. And plus, he need like I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna go ahead and say this. He's what the he is the Donald Trump of the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the person. He's gonna be the the person that kicks that division's ass. Like he's going to be the ass kicker that puts that division back in its place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's done a wonderful job of it so far. So, uh, Neville for the win here. <sighs> okay. No disqualification match for the WWE Universal Championship. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns with Chris Jericho suspended above the ring in a shark cage. This build... And I'm trying, and I'm, re- and here's the thing, people. Like the thing about this, the thing about this bill is just the sheer fact of it's pretty much just been Roman Jericho Owens, Owens Jericho Roman, Owens Roman Jericho, pretty much this entire build. And honestly, it's really done. Like this reign for Kevin Owens as the Universal Champion just hasn't done him anything. 
It hasn't yeah. done him anything at all. And it yeah. so sucks. And you don't want to know the unfortunate part about it. If I was to ask, like, honestly, I want every single person that's watching right now, whether you're a regular commenter or you've never commented before, within the universe of WWE, please explain to me why Kevin Owens is champion. Mm. And I'm not talking about um, Kevin Steen or whatever his real name is. Yeah, separate that. I don't give a rat. Like, well, he's talented and he spent so many years on the indie scene. Don't and he matter. Got his opportunity in WWE. Don't and, matter. And they realize how talented he is. I don't give a rat's ass. I'm talking there about the character of Kevin Owens within the universe of WWE. If you look at that match that he had, that fatal four way, where he won that championship, tell me. Why Kevin Owens is the champion? I can go down. I can go down a list of champions in WWE, and I can give you storyline reasons that have implications on their characters. As to you know, I like I can give you those reasons why they are the champion. For example, AJ Styles. He's a champion because he's a master tactician. He's a person that studies his opponents, and he was able to devise a plan and effectively execute that plan. That's why he's a champion. Kevin yeah. I, I, I don't know. And the, well, you know what? I do know because his name, is not, his name is not Seth Rollins because Triple H hates him less than he hates Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. That's why Kevin Owens is a champion. You know, That's it's funny. For me. Yeah. And someone said in the chat, Kevin Owens is a champ because they didn't want to put the, the tile on range at that moment in time. I mean, obviously they really didn't have any choice at that time. If you think about it, but I mean, like, here's the thing. This is what kills me. is the fact that people think Owens is over. No, he's not over. Like they, they think he's over just because Jericho is right there. That's not the same. That's not the same thing. Like Kevin Owens obviously should be thanking Jericho for at least keeping them, like giving him some kind of substance of this rank because this rank is the illusion of overness. Yeah, like, but but even though they are great together, I do get them that like like they really are. But it's just like Jericho's aura just completely overshadows anything what Kevin Owens does and what he means to that belt. And mm-hmm. and you know what? The, this is the one thing that that's always killed me with Kevin Owens. I like him, but this is this one thing that's always killed me with him: the fact when he wins the championship. It's he like he carries it and then he acts like he that's important to him. But when he loses it, that's when he turns it up. And I'm like, it, like that's that's always been with him with his championship reigns, whether it be the NXT title, the IC title or even the Universal Championship. But yeah, as far as like reigns, like why are you like we've I, I've seen it. They kicked off raw with this dude twice in the opening segment. And they have just been feeding him corny beginning lines that you would probably find out of the WWE 2K17 video game. <laughs> trying to cut those terrible promos and actually took a pitch like the only way Reigns gets over is when the crowd says, shut your mouth. But, but yeah, I, I, I just honestly do not know what to say about this Universal Championship because... And honestly, if you think about it, there really hasn't been much emphasis put on the championship itself between 
Owens and Reigns, and obviously, and here's the thing, what they've been doing is the fact that, like, I feel as if the United States Championship has had more in this than the Universal Championship, and the whole cage stipulation, I think they're doing it just because of advertisement reasons, like, like that, I think it was like that toy that they had that come out a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and then they just had to use the cage for something, and now that we know that this match is going to be no disqualification, I won't. It won't surprise me if someone costs Reigns the match, and then that sets up his feud for Mania. And I think it's going to be Braun. I honestly, for me, I never even considered Kevin Owens holding the Universal Championship after the Royal Rumble. Yeah, because in my mind. I'm expecting WWE to finally get serious about the title because let's go ahead and call a spade a spade. Uh, Kevin Owens is not a serious champion. The Universal Championship isn't even a serious title. It's been leapfrogged Mm -hmm. by the Raw Women's Championship. But the thing is, um, I guess if their intent is to maintain the status quo, then why not keep... Kevin Owens with the title. But then again, you know WWE loves to pull an old switcheroo where you know, you have the character of Kevin Owens, he exists in a certain way, and then as we get on the road to WrestleMania, oh, now it's time to start getting serious. Like I said, that that's what they want always reigns. That could possibly be what they uh, do this time around. But I'm hearing a lot of people say that they want to see Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho for the title at Mania. Because if we've seen it, like to me, it just looks way too convenient for. Because remember, they teased us a lot leading into the the roadblock pay per view last month mm-hmm. on the Kevin Owens Jericho dissension. It would feel for me. It would feel weird if that was their direction of going into um, Mania with Jericho versus Owens for the championship. But yeah, but as far as this match this Sunday. It's gonna be a good match. I really do think it is, but yeah, I got I got Reigns winning. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Reigns too. I don't see where Owens goes, and honestly, if he does leave at the Universal Championship, I I think he'll defend against Goldberg at Fastlane. Uh, see, I didn't even think about Fastlane because I'm thinking whoever wins at the Royal Rumble is gonna be going into. Uh, WrestleMania as champion. But you know how they do it. Yeah, I I, I don't want to see Kevin Owens with a championship. I want to see a serious champion. I want to see WWE finally decide to do something with that damn championship. And I'm sorry. Rance going to be the one? Because the crowd isn't like I'm blocked. I, I've been blocked the crowd because honestly, yeah. people, Reigns is not <laughs> that. Reigns is not that bad. Like he really, he really isn't. But just give the championship to Reigns because at least we know we'll get something out of Reigns with that championship. Yeah. And who and 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 watch Kevin Owens get all seriousness once he if he loses it. But yeah. Okay. Let's jump over to SmackDown now. Um this match was made uh, pretty recently. Uh Becky Lynch, Nikki Bella, and Naomi versus Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, and Natalia. Six woman tag team match. This is gonna be on the pre show. From from what I uh, from what I gathered, yeah, this is well, actually no no no. This is on the main card. Yeah, this is never mind. This is on the main card. I got my matches mixed up. 
Yeah, it sounds like know. a pre-show match, though. But yeah, but it's gonna be on the main card, which I'm fine with. I'm, I'm fine with it being on the main card because it's got, like I said, it's a four-hour event when we when we watch the show. So this is like a little, this is like a good little something that showcases the uh, SmackDown Women's Division, which, by the way, people is the better women's division of the two brands, even though people don't want to admit it. But I mean, they got Mickey James now. That's oh yeah. Good. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. Um. I watched, uh, and Jay, I'm pretty sure you watched that. Mickey James finally make her re-debut on the uh, main roster. Of course, mm-hmm. we saw her make a return, in-ring return, at TakeOver uh, Toronto back in uh, November. Seeing Mickey James back definitely was good. I know a lot of people like to discredit her TNA run as Mickey James, but Jay, I don't think I don't think you saw as much, but she did find yeah. it in. But it's definitely good to see Mickey James back in WWE. Already, her presence adds so much importance to that SmackDown women's division. Not like they didn't have much importance to begin with, but this just adds the level. Like, even just with her, already makes the SmackDown's women's division even greater than the Raw women's division by far. And the promo that she cut, like, what was up with the crowd warning her? I seriously don't know what yeah, that was. It was fine. But chance, like I really can't. Like she was fine, and, and like, and like honestly, like she, like she did fine. And honestly, from what I heard, like all that was true. Mm-hmm. All of it was true. Like she definitely was one of the women under the D word era. That yeah, we're not mentioning that anymore. Uh, yeah, she was one. Of, some of the few women under the D word era that actually cared about putting on good matches, like with her, Melina, um, Beth Phoenix, Michelle McCool. Yeah, Michelle McCool, definitely. And just like everybody's just played up the fact of how this women's revolution started with the four horsewomen, when mm-hmm. in reality, it really didn't. Like, go back and, people, go back and watch WrestleMania 22, uh, Trish Stratus versus uh, Mickey James for the Women's Championship. Yeah, great it was match. great that she brought that up, because that's something that WWE hasn't really uh, played up, to have someone mm-hmm. come back from a past era in WWE. Like, hold on, like, I'm going to need you to quiet down with all of that BS you're talking. You're acting like you invented women's wrestling. Let me you know, speak some facts. I'm glad somebody called her out. I'm, I'm glad that somebody at least called them out mm-hmm. on that. And, of course, like, the execution of that song with Becky Lynch coming down, which was fine. And, of course, some Alexa Bliss, uh, like, this whole um, partnership between Mickey James and Alexa Bliss, I'm actually fine with it for now. That's what I get that for me. Because, yeah, I, it, I'm fine with it, but I agree with you, Dave, because it's like, why should somebody of the caliber of Mickey James, quote unquote, be a lackey mm-hmm. to somebody of a young generation like Alexa Bliss? And it came to me. You literally did come to me. Maybe the reason why they're putting Mickey James with Alexa Bliss right now is the fact that while Alexa Bliss has done a very tremendous, tremendous job since coming out from NXT, like she's actually on, she is who I would consider NXT breakout star of the mm-hmm. year. But yeah, um while she has been doing great, I still think that people don't really view her enough as a credible champion, mainly because of the size, I think. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that she just doesn't have like she has that presence, but she doesn't have that presence to like where nobody can beat her. 
And mm-hmm. I think with adding Mickey James there, she's going to be there with a teacher to be like, at least carry herself enough because if Mickey James is willing to help out Alexa Bliss, then that means you should take this champion seriously. Just that's interesting. Of, I never look at it that way. Yeah, just add a little bit of, a, not not credibility, but just add a little bit more of a presence. I just mm-hmm. hope it doesn't get to the point to like a Jericho and Owens because yeah. Jericho just overshadows Owens completely. Whereas I think Alexa Bliss has enough personality to where Mickey James is still going to be there, but still be a credible heel champion. So that way, when somebody, an ultimate babyface, finally beats Alexa for the belt, it'll definitely be a good thing. Okay. So let's go but, for uh, the heel team for the win here. Get Mickey a win. I actually, I'm actually going to go with the, the face team. Because I don't know if you if you saw they actually teased the Naomi Alexa Bliss stuff uh, last night, yeah. so I think they're going towards a program between those two, which honestly makes it makes me cringe a bit because <laughs> those matches last year were not that good. But again, this is something different from the women's division, so yeah, I'm I'm willing to do it. Okay, what else do we have? Of course. WWE Championship match, mm-hmm. AJ Styles versus John Cena. Can I just say how refreshing it is to, A, have AJ Styles out of the orbit of James Ellsworth, and B... The notion douchebag. <laughs> yes, that guy. And to also have John Cena back on SmackDown. I oh, yeah. love that guy. I don't give a damn what anybody has to say about John Cena. That's my homie. That's my homeboy. Oh, yeah. Like, he's been, I would definitely say, since Cena's return last month, that's definitely add more of importance to watching SmackDown because mm-hmm. we, we all know they definitely were lacking in the main event scene a bit. A because, bit. like, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, quite a lot because there's not that many main eventers there real quick did you happen to to see the cena's the cena versus corbin match from a couple weeks ago yes boy was that a stinker of it i was a little disappointed by that match and (laughs) i was very excited about it too but it wasn't that um it wasn't as big it didn't feel as big as i thought it was going to be Plus, with John Cena getting the uh, clean victory there, yeah, I saw a lot I was a little of surprised by that too. But then it's like, okay, well, this is that's my fucking John Cena right there. So yeah, oh, let's I go ahead. remember that. Yeah. Oh, let's go ahead and talk about this. Um, uh, Romeo Burns, Barnes in the chat, he's uh said that he hated the uh, the promo from Cena, where someone else is saying Cena's last few promos have been good, but last night's felt a little over. But overall, it was very good. My view on that promo from last night was this guy is a egotistical, mm-hmm. rainbow-wearing, whitest-as-white-meat-baby-face son of a bitch. <laughs> See, he seemed a little—he he was like—I well, I wasn't going to say little. He, he was a whole hell of a lot uh, egotistical, territorial, cocky, yeah. and I loved it. And I think it, it's by design, though. Yeah, it, it it definitely has to be. Now that whole interview that he did 
on uh, I hate he, that though. I don't think it was an interview. He was probably like the co-host or something like that. No, see, I loved it no, because I, of the I platform that. that it provided AJ Styles with, and I was thinking it provided any platform. Well, it it did I mean, it, it seriously didn't provide him a platform because in the end, what happened? Well, Styles got Molly whopped. Mm-hmm. On the mic, and he got yeah. Molly Wapped on the mic. And honestly, for your WWE champion, I just don't answer this. I know that probably had to be by design because they had that video ready to go. Like, like I know it had to. I know it had to be by design. But to me, that definitely doesn't represent the company well when you literally have your top guy literally berating your champion by saying just the guy from Atlanta. I know mm-hmm. people don't really read in, probably don't read into that as much, but that's just a little nuances that I pick up off of well, what I'm see, like. The, the reason why I say it provided him with the platform is because as soon as I saw that video, in my mind, I was cutting a promo as if I was AJ Styles. Like, I was thinking of all of the things that I would have said to John Cena. I guess I do have to acknowledge the fact that it didn't turn out the way that I envisioned it on air. Because, yeah, like, yeah, wasn't John Cena the one that, like, dropped the bomb? Like, he dropped the mic and then, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing, and I was also looking at this from this perspective. If you're a kid in the WWE universe, Cena's the babyface after he got that. But if you're a hardcore fan and you actually know what's going on, mm-hmm. Cena's the heel, and Styles is the babyface. Like it's 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 such a weird dynamic. Like it really is. And and my overall thoughts on the problem, I also didn't think while the delivery was great, I couldn't help but just really think like, wow, I'm actually supposed to be cool with John Cena, but yeah, you just completely discredit all of AJ's accomplishments outside of WWE. And here's the thing, I actually thought of this, realistically, kayfabe-wise, if you think about it, a guy like John Cena on his level really shouldn't give a damn what AJ Styles has done on the indie scene, because he mm-hmm. pretty much explained it what he did in that promo last night, but it just came off it, it kind of came off offensive to me. I, like, I'm, I'm not going to yeah, lie. He was a dick. Off, he definitely yeah, was. <laughs> He was. And I don't like, and I don't like to feel just for me. I don't like to feel that uncomfortableness when <laughs> I know that someone I like just got mollywopped. Yeah, see, Cena should not have left that ring with yeah. uh, all of his teeth or something. I we needed to see that frustration that AJ Styles felt because that's something that extends beyond like kayfabe. Yeah. Of course, John Cena was joking on the Today Show when he was talking about this guy from Atlanta. But that's a, that's some real stuff. Like, I know, who was it? Uh, Al Roker and Tamron Hall. They don't know who the hell. And that just shows that they don't real. watch the show. They, yeah, that it, just shows they don't care. Yeah, it, it was rooted in realism. And I wish that we would have uh, had the opportunity to see AJ, like, get that frustration out a little bit more, but this is something that has happened before in this where it's like something, something happens and then AJ Styles nibbles on it. And John Cena eats his breakfast, lunch and dinner, like just, just clears the damn table and just walks away triumphant. 
but haven't you know, seen I, his promos really sounded repetitive. I don't know, I don't like repetitive because for me, it's like when I heard that promo that he cut last night while it was good, it felt as if he was still saying some of the same words, just like rewording all of different sentences. But like I said, that doesn't mean that the promo was bad. Well, but here's it, the thing though. When people, because I think people were quick to say John Cena is repetitive, mm-hmm. it also has to be acknowledged that the reason why he sounds repetitive is because the setup is repetitive as well. If you look sure. at the things that AJ Styles has said, he said some of those same things before. Same he's thing. talked about how he's going to embarrass John Cena in the ring. He's talked about he how he's John better. Cena. Yeah, he's talked about how he's a better wrestler than John Cena is. And this is a feud that we have seen so a many times with John Cena. <laughs> John Cena is going to have the same goddamn feud for the rest of his career. And I guess Nikki Bella, you know, just that couple there, they're going to have the same feud. People are going to keep talking about how That's uh, John Cena is a bad wrestler and they're better than him if they come from the Indies and then – Nikki Bella keeps getting into feuds, and they're going to talk about how she only has her spot because of John Cena. So, tell you what, that shirt that Cena was wearing last night was hilariously ugly. Like that was one of the most <laughs> ugliest shirts I've ever seen. I'm come just out. waiting yeah. on him to come up with a good shirt so I can buy it. Like I want to like, buy a, a a John Cena shirt. Like, that looks like be a nice one. Like that looks like what he would wear if he was going to be in the movie that involved Bugs Bunny and the rest of the Looney Tunes. <laughs> But the feud overall throughout this build has been tremendous. Shit, they honestly could have just looked Done. at each other stupidly in the ring, and I'm still going to be excited. Oh, yeah. We like John Cena versus AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. We, 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 it's one of those situations like where we're just looking at the build because we know the match is going to be quote unquote phenomenal. Without question. Yeah. We, we know it's going to be good. As far as the winner, good God almighty, it's so tough because I honestly, like I say, the only way I'm able to actually tell who wins is who actually wins the Rumble. Mm. Because right now, as it stands, the way Cena left Styles, you would think that Cena, I mean, that Styles would be winning. I just don't see WWE like really pulling the trigger on Styles beating Cena clean for a third time. And honestly, if he does beat him for a third time, not much story that you could go with there, especially going into Mania. And it wouldn't shock, it really would not shock me if Barry Cole was the one that cost Cena the match. And honestly, that would so, so suck. Hmm. But right now, I got AJ Styles winning. You know, let's go with AJ. Uh, because. And the reason why I pick AJ is because John Cena has roots planted in WWE. You can do anything with that guy. I'm looking at AJ, and I basically want to reward him for the friggin' awesome year that he's had in WWE. And there's so much more that you can do with AJ Styles with the WWE Championship. And John Cena doesn't necessarily need it, you know, because they could they could decide. A minute after the Royal Rumble ends, John Cena versus Undertaker at WrestleMania. Boom, you got it. It gets a little more difficult if you're trying to figure out what to do with AJ Styles if he does not have the WWE Championship. But 
You know, I say that, and WWE, they'll come up with some... uh, Oh, my... No. That's what I heard. No. That's that's one of the rumored matches that's going on right now. Styles versus Shane. What? No. But, 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 again, that's looking too far ahead, so... You want to get to the Rumble? Sure. Let's move on to the Royal Rumble. And before we do this, I do have to say this, though. It's interesting the way in which SmackDown and Raw have been booked leading into the Royal Rumble, because I've noticed on Raw, their main focus is the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. uh, match. And on SmackDown, it's pretty much been... The uh, title match. The WWE yeah, title, title match. match. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting that now you have this uh, new um, era of WWE with the brand extension and mm-hmm. they how you divvy up the responsibilities and things and just try to provide a different um, feel to the show, because... Uh, yeah, we, we, we had a Royal Rumble qualifying match on SmackDown, but shit, Mojo Raleigh won Those that. Those boy geeks in that match. Like, good <laughs> God almighty. It was like basically the tag team division. Versus the one singles guy. Like, who is going to win? Like, who's going to win this? And, of course, we know it's Mojo freaking Raleigh. But, um, but yeah. Uh, on the Monday, Royal Rumble match. They, they, they've been all in with the Royal Rumble. getting. Definitely. I was going to say getting a little help, but a whole hell of a lot of help from um, Taker, Goldberg, and Brock Lesnar. And when the show closed out with those three just staring at each other in the ring, I'm disappointed in myself. But (laughs) you know what? I'm not even going to say I'm disappointed in myself. WWE, they are enablers. They enabled me to arrive at this point. I looked at that ending segment and not only was I like I wouldn't mind if one of these guys won the Royal Rumble I was like you know what do it do it I I think it's every tanker to be honest with you and that would have been the person like if I had to narrow it down to just one and make a decision Undertaker would have been the person that I went with I don't know why well, I, I guess I do know why, because the way that I see it right now, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, that's a go. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like as far as, like, the build for the Royal Rumble match itself, I think it, it, it's definitely been good for what I've seen, because, like, and Jay, you're right, you, you are absolutely right, like, they really haven't played up as much on SmackDown. It's pretty much this much on SmackDown, like, okay, Dean's in the Rumble, Miz is in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. This guy's in the rumble. This guy's in the rumble. Raw's kind of done the same thing, but at least they are that they there are more top guys on Raw that are going to be in the rumble than the top guys on SmackDown, pretty much. Which is why it probably feels more important. Like you got again Undertaker, Goldberg, and Lesnar. When you heard that those three were going to be in the match, you should have already known that this Raw match is going to be stat like this Rumble match Sunday is probably the most excited I've been for a rumble since 2007. Yeah. And I love the fact that they're taking it really seriously. Like I saw the graphic of all of the people that they had in the rumble talking about how it's the most star studded. Mm-hmm. And I think we have like 22 people confirmed right now, a little more than two thirds. Uh, it should look great by the way. Like, yeah, look, 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 I saw look, a picture look. of him on uh Twitter. He has abs now. <laughs> but that's standing on that. He had with Strowman. Monday. Oh boy. 
Yeah. But I think we're I think we're ready for this match this time. But that's around the point. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I got takeaway in this. Oh, real quick, this let's talk about the Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn stuff. Did you see that? Yeah. Tremendous match. Great match. Very good. A match that had stakes that yeah. involved the Rumble match. And then as when Seth Rollins and what I realized about this match real quick was how it started technical. You don't see a lot of that in wrestling matches anymore. Like I really do appreciate the technical aspect of wrestling nowadays. And when Triple H is the ghost of Triple H showed up, the pop that he got. And when Sami Zayn won, I felt like that was legitimately how Seth Rollins would lose because we see that all the time, like like a thumb to the eye and some of that mm-hmm. message that we don't think it's legitimate. This one felt like real, yeah, legitimate. But for some reason, I still see Seth Rollins being in the rubble this Sunday, but him starting at either number two or number one. And I'm going to go on a bold statement here. I think Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are going to be number one and number two. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know WWE very heavily overplays those, like, distractions and stuff Mm -hmm. and roll-ups. I think it was done very nicely in this case. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, like, finally, it looks like they're starting to plant the seeds for this uh, Rollins Triple H stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, finally. (laughs) Uh, what else do we have with this uh, rumble? We've talked about how stacked it is. Um, I, th- I think it's the. I think the fact that this, like we talked, like we went through this whole card, and I mean a lot of people say that this is probably the most, um, this is one of the most unpredictable Royal Rumbles in a while, and I, I would actually say agree because I mentioned this on the top of the show that there's just so many aspects, there's so many stories that they could go with. Like if Goldberg were to win the rumble. He could challenge for the Universal Championship against Kevin Owens if it got to that point, even though I know not a lot of people are big on that. If Brock Lesnar wins and Goldberg somehow wins the championship, it could be for the title. And if Taker wins, it could be either Cena versus Taker or Styles versus Taker or Taker versus anybody from Raw. Mm-hmm. And if anybody from – I also think somebody from Raw is winning it. But I'm going to go with Taker because he's the odds-on guy. But don't be surprised if a Raw superstar wins that damn thing. Hmm. I honestly don't know who I want to pick. Should, should I go with Undertaker, too? I, don't I mean, know. to, to me, the, like, the reason why I pick Taker is because they put him in that match for a reason. Not just to be a, not, not just to be like a... Now, here's the, if, here's the, the reason why I think he's winning is because think about it, if he was a surprise entrant, you knew he wouldn't be winning. But the mm-hmm. fact that they announced him in there, I think that I think that's a sign that he's winning. I just think there's just so many different aspects that they could go along with. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not picking. You 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 can't. I'm punking out. Yeah. Oh, oh come, come on! That, that, that's that's the fun aspect of this, but it, it's predictable, people. It's so so predictable. <laughs> like this, like I I truly do think that WWE has no idea what they want to do for Mania. Like I guarantee you, that card is not finished mm-hmm. at all. 
And Jay, this is important for you and I because we're going to be saying whatever WWE puts on that paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so whatever they put on that paper, I hope is very good. Yeah. But, well, at the very least, they are leaving their options open. I'm leaving my options open, mm-hmm. too. So, um, so that's our wallet. Why not? Let's go with the uh, Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Undertaker. But uh, you have any uh, predictions on surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble? I think we'll only get two. And I think it's going to be Joe and Ty Dillinger. <sighs> hmm. Those are the only two I got because this Royal Rumble is just so stacked. There's pretty much only room for two entrances. Mm-hmm. Because you know you gotta have the jobbers in there. Mm-hmm. And if Ty Dillinger doesn't come out at number ten, that's gonna be such a letdown. <laughs> so, um, what about uh, Mr. Balor? No, I don't think he'll show up. I really don't think he'll show up because. Turns out his when I read some I read on Wrestling League that they uh they put out that his injury turns out it was probably it was worse than they had realized. Mm-hmm. So I don't see him back anytime anytime soon. Like I I will I'll be surprised if he makes it back for even Mania. He should go talk to John Cena's doctor. Dude, God Almighty. Yeah, that dude always comes back early from injury, but uh. Yeah. Anything else to say before we head off air? Oh, uh, takeover. Um, yeah, I haven't been keeping up with NXT, so I I, I got you. But oh wait, wait, somebody else brought up in the chat, Kurt Angle. Hmm. Oh yeah, he is going into the Hall of Fame. But uh, oh, yeah. from what I heard, though, I guess he like um he said that he wasn't going to be wrestling for WWE, but I don't know. Yes, but Rusev and Lana have been poking at Angle for weeks now. And WWE has even actually taken the liberty. I'll put that on the their YouTube page. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, well, I do have something before we go off air. Since right. this is uh, Royal Rumble time, uh, tomorrow on PWFEmpire.com and also the YouTube channel, it will be the third episode of Last Mark Standing, and it's going to be Royal Rumble themed. And I'll go ahead and give you guys a little preview as to what to expect. The three questions that we have, uh, number one, who's the worst r- winner of the Royal Rumble of all time? Oh, number yeah. two, if you were able to book a fictional character as as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, who would that character be? And the third and final question, who should win the 2017 Royal Rumble? I got to let you guys know, this is a really, really, really good show. Hopefully you guys are looking forward to it, and it'll be up maybe in the... Uh, actually, I can upload it in the morning. I don't know if I'm going to upload it in the morning, but just know that it's going to be up uh, Thursday. Just be on the lookout for that. Uh, anything else? Good to have? be back. Yes, good to have you back. 
Oh, yeah, never. Like, it's going to be a fun weekend to be a wrestling fan. Like, it really is. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, thank you all for tuning in to PWF Empire, and we'll catch you later. Peace. Later, guys.